Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show oh. podcast. The podcast ain't nuts. It's the Politics Show podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, You've introduced a physical element to that. The bitch is back. Yeah. The bitch is back, Ed Campbell. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are yeah, you? There's always a physical element. I'm great. Normally it's V for victory. <laughs> oh, is that what you do? Well, or like a Jude Bellingham? You could say it's in homage to my boy. Yeah, you could say that. Um, you need to explain why Bellingham is your boy. Because I'm a Birmingham City fan. That's why. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that time I went for a punch. I went for a punch. Yeah, it was good. You like it? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was energetic. Like, mm. It was like you were like a high school American football player. And you just won state. <laughs> Are you into Birmingham? You, <laughs> do not do this. <laughs> yes, I'm into Birmingham City, the football They're club. making a documentary at the moment. Birmingham, are Yeah. Maybe I'm not meant to say this. I don't know. My good friend is working on it. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's all under wraps. American investors. Yeah, makes sense. Brady. Yeah. Wazza. The Ricks are it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people tune in to this to listen to my takes on my championship football club. But they've listened to worse, to be <laughs> The sacking of John Eustace was a disgrace. Are you not pro Rooney? Not particularly. Really? Why would I be pro Wayne Rooney? You know, well, as a Colleen. patriotic Englishman. Why well, are you more of a Rebecca Vardy kind of guy? <laughs> <laughs> that would be really interesting. Oh. When Birmingham play Leicester. <laughs> I respect um, Wayne Rooney's granny shagging antics, but I'm not sure I respect him as a manager. Oh. But you know... Vardy, his wife is a grass. Yeah, um, you have a fantastic manager and then you get rid of him to bring in a big name. We actually did it fairly recently as well with Gary Rowett and Gianfranco Zola and it backfired spectacularly. So, yeah. Why did you say, are you a Birmingham guy? Like, was it part of the... What are we talking about, rugby? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) There's your answer. Um, So, the golden boy's here, he's back and he's well and Ava Santina's here as well, the Mm. Capital J journalist. Um, how are you, Ava? Well, thanks for having me. I'm good. Yep, great. <laughs> <laughs> how 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 annoyed can I make you in the first 
three minutes. You're, you're getting there. Of the intro. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a bingo. We're Sad thing out. is I'm just being myself. We're so what does that say? You know, I'm sorry <laughs> that I'm not a walking beaver. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. I'm beginning to wonder if it's deliberate. <laughs> you, you do this so often now. <laughs> something foul. Jeez, I'm so I don't think either of us can reply to it. Yeah. We can't join in this. Ed, I appreciate your Argentina jersey. Las Malvinas, Argentinas. Yeah, I firmly disagree with that. Do you? Oh, yeah. It's actually something I've, I've realised I'm quite hawkish on the folklore. <laughs> really bizarrely. How? How did I realise? Yeah. Because my, co- my cousin had lived, he lived in Argentina for like three months. And he was talking about, he'd been told by other expats, American expats, just say you're American. Mm. They really don't like English people. And my cousin said, oh, yeah, it, like, and quite rightly. And I was I'm like, Scottish. No, no, he's, like, he's, like, oh, he's, he's English. actually, he's born okay. in London. Has an English accent. Um, but, he, but then he tried to, he tried to, tried to suggest that the Falklands was Britain's fault. Right. But that, if, I think <laughs> if I was a military hunter, <laughs> I'd simply win a war. <laughs> I think it's my most hawkish take. So you're on the side of Prince Andrew in this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the other royal family. But and the other brave men who fought to defend the sovereign territory. Where the hell is this coming from? What, like Jeremy know. Clarkson? He wasn't in the Falklands. No, he did go to the Falklands on an episode of Top Gear. An ill-fated episode. He also went to Vietnam. He drove... Famously on an episode of Top Gear. He, but he got in a lot of trouble in the Falklands. Why? Particularly. Because he drove with, like, slogans on his car or something like that. I... I really... I'm... It's just surreal to have you here being like a Falklands hawk in like a full <laughs> Argentina strip. Uh, there's going to be photos of me up in there. Which isn't, you You maintain to troll our Welsh colleague after the events of the rugby this weekend. No, it's just a nice t-shirt. It is, a nice, it is a nice jersey, it has to be said. Yeah. Where are you is on Gibraltar? In, right, Gibraltar. Mm. Um, I think similar to Falklands. Yeah? I think. British. Yeah. Well, like if Spain wanted it, they would have worked a bit harder for it. Absolutely. You don't give up territory like that. <laughs> a big hunk of rock. <laughs> it's got an M&S there. <laughs> and that's ours. Yeah. Is it embroidered? That? Yeah. Sure is. That's cool. Mostly. Love that. Absolutely. I think he was waiting yeah. to say that. Do you think you get a Gibraltar one as well? <laughs> what other overseas territories are we coming out in favour of remaining British? Northern Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sweating. Yeah, yeah, I'm sweating. Yeah. Yeah. That's our take. Okay. Don't give them back. So let's um <laughs> let's move on to less no contentious. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to less contentious territory and nope. talk about the return of the <laughs> Parliament and um what they've spoken about in their first thing statement from the Prime Minister, right? On um mm. Israel Palestine. Should we just uh should we play the clip? Should we listen to what the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak had to say? Yes, roll the clip. We believe that Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people or their legitimate aspirations to live with equal measures of security, freedom, justice, opportunity and dignity. Hamas simply does not stand for the future that the Palestinians want. And they seek to put the Palestinian people in harm's way. So we must ensure humanitarian support urgently reaches civilians in Gaza. This requires Egypt and Israel to allow in the aid that is so badly needed. We also need to keep the situation in the West Bank in the forefront of our minds at this moment of heightened sensitivity. 
Earlier today, I spoke to Mahmoud Abbas, the leader of the Palestinian Authority, to express our support for his efforts to provide stability. And third, we will use all the tools of British diplomacy to sustain the prospects of peace and stability in the region. Ultimately, that requires security for Israelis and Palestinians and a two-state solution. So we are increasing our regional engagement. I have spoken with Prime Minister Netanyahu twice in the last week, along with the United States, France, Germany, Italy and others. My right honourable friend, the Foreign Secretary, was the first to visit Israel after the attacks. I met with His Majesty the King of Jordan yesterday, a long-time voice of reason and moderation. And I have spoken today with the leaders of Turkey and previously Egypt and will speak to others in the coming days. Our partners in the region have asked us to play a role in preventing further escalation. That is what we will do. However hard it is, we need to ask the tough questions about how we can revive the long-term prospects for a two-state solution, for normalisation and regional stability, not least because that is precisely what Hamas has been trying to kill. In conclusion, Mr Speaker, unequivocally backing Israel's right to defend itself, stepping forward with humanitarian support, working to protect civilians from harm and straining every sinew to keep the flame of peace and stability alive. That is our objective. It is the right approach for the region. It is the right approach for Britain. And I commend this statement to the House. Yeah. Uh, Ava, what did you think of the Prime Minister's statement there? Yeah, well, we, we, we knew that there, we would... Um, £3 million was already going to protect Jewish synagogues and schools here in the UK. But he announced £10 million of extra humanitarian aid for Palestine. Mm. They're also ensuring that um, supplies can get into there. Talking about the border, he met with President Sisi to talk about how things are moving. Also that British citizens will get out because that was a huge contentious topic with, well, I mean, not, not to, to overblow it, but that could break, you know, lead to the breakdown of the union because you've got Hamza Youssef who's got relatives in Gaza at the moment who can't leave. And there are British citizens who are stuck there. You know, if his family couldn't get out and the British government weren't doing anything to help them, I mean, the ramifications for the union of that are, would be extraordinary. I think he said in his statement, didn't he, that uh, six Britons have been killed and 10 are missing after mm -hmm. Hamas's attack. Um, they've got flights going as well. 500 people they've brought out today on eight flights. And we're sending our military uh, in that direction, aren't we? So helicopters and uh, bits of the Navy as well. But he stressed that at the end, that it was not, that was not to assist with the, um, gosh, very careful with your language here, not, not to assist with the, the fight that is going on in Gaza, <coughs> but it's to, um, it's purely humanitarian. It's to protect the stability of the Middle East. That's why he sent the Navy in. He also said that the events of last week in Israel were a pogrom. Yeah, well, it's the, it's the single highest um, amount of Jews killed in a single day um, since the Holocaust. So I think it's, uh, it's emotive language, isn't it? But I don't know if you can't describe it in any other terms, right? If people are um, killing Jews indiscriminately, then that is what a pogrom is. Mm. Let's listen to what Keir Starmer had to say. Uh, Mr Speaker, these attacks are having a huge impact on communities across the United Kingdom. Many in this House will have heard devastating stories from people who have lost friends and family, people deeply worried about the future of those they know in Israel or Palestine. 
including the First Minister of Scotland, who I spoke to at the weekend. We stand with all of them, stand against the worrying rise in Islamophobia, stand against the anti-Semitic abuse, threats and assaults we've seen on British streets. Because, Mr Speaker, we must never underestimate the burden of history the Jewish people carry with them. I do not want Britain to be a place where Jewish schools are closed, Jewish children stay at home out of fear, and Jewish families feel compelled to hide their identity. And I do not want Britain to be a place where British Muslims feel that they have to apologise for the actions of people who do not act in their name. We cannot allow community cohesion in our country to be destroyed. We all bear a responsibility to do all we can to stamp out hate, and we fully support police action to provide extra assistance for our communities. Mr Speaker, the events of the past week have seen horrors be beyond our imagination. So let's send a strong message. Westminster is united. Britain is united. With Israel, against terror, for international law and the protection of innocent lives. There are difficult days ahead, but our values cannot be compromised. Terror cannot win. Ava Kistama there striking a, um, well, I would say a fair amount of agreement with um, the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. It was interesting, actually, wasn't it? When, he, when they did that um, Kunzberg set-piece interview thing, he said one of the first things, when he was asked what he liked about the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, he said one of the first things he did when he was May Leader of the Opposition was they had a call with each other, and they said that it was important that they were aligned on issues of um, British national security. Sorry, let me rephrase that. No, it was Kirstam, wasn't it? Rishi Sunak was the one who didn't say anything good about him. Yeah, Kirstam said that Rishi Sunak called him and they agreed that they should collaborate um, and broadly they should be in agreement when it comes to issues of security and foreign policy. Mm. Um, and it would appear that in his response there, he's broadly striking a very similar tone to the Prime Minister. Yeah, it would seem that the Labour Party were waiting for the Conservatives to decide what their, their broad approach to the situation would be. I mean, one of the first things that Sunak said was that there are Jewish people who we need to look after in the United Kingdom and there are also Muslim communities who are appalled at Hamas, but equally are fearful of the response by Israel. And we need to protect those communities as well. And he, he said as well that, you know, you'd face the full face of the law if you're seen to be committing anti-Semitism or Islamophobia, which, which is a, a very different tone to, I think, what we've had over the past week. Mm -hmm. And Starmer seems to have fallen in, li in line with that. So he said, you know, Hamas doesn't want to see peace in the Middle East. It wants to wipe it off the map, Israel. He equally said that the people in Palestine, in Gaza, are not Hamas. You know, Hamas are there, but not every Palestinian is Hamas. Mm. And you've got to protect them. Oh, you've got to wipe out Islamophobia in the UK, which is a marked different tone from Israel has the right to defend itself, which is mm -hmm. what he said just a couple of days ago. Yeah, that was uh, his line, wasn't it? Coming out of Labour Party conference was, I think he said herself. He did, he, yeah. He, he gendered Israel, which I found um, slightly unusual. That was your most upset, yeah? Yeah, that's the thing I was most <laughs> upset about, yeah. Um, but that was the, that was, I don't know, there was a huge storm in Westminster, right, about his, he was asked basically about the siege. He was asked about collective punishment, which is a war crime. Mm. And, he said Israel, ha Israel has a right to defend herself with his response to that question, which a lot of the media interpreted as him saying that he supported that action. He has changed tone now by talking about humanitarian corridors, humanitarian access, food, water and medicines. 
You see, what's interesting is, is the leaders seem to come out and say straight away, Israel has the right to protect herself. And then this kind of got dripped down. So for the Labour Party, Emily Thornberry backed that. Then David Lammy actually rode back on it. And he said, you cannot commit war crimes. He was one of the first shadow front bench to say it. And in the Conservative Party, I can't remember what's out, or what, but I did speak to um, a couple of backbenchers. And their big concern was that by being as... Um, you know, this rhetoric of the UK is friends with Israel, we are friends with Israel, you were potentially destabilizing the Middle East and you were allowing potential war crimes to go unchecked because no one was focusing on it. Mm. Um, it, it seems very, I mean, we're going to hear it as well in a moment from, um, Steve, why have I forgotten his name? I was going to say Stephen Kinnock, Stephen Flynn. Stephen. <clears throat> uh, we're going to hear from him that, he, you know, his big push was no collective punishment. I think his was the strongest, but... Yeah, roll the clip. Mr Speaker, Rabbi Burns once poignantly wrote that man's inhumanity to man makes countless thousands mourn. And it is with those words echoing in all of our hearts that we send our thoughts and our prayers to all of those suffering in the Middle East. The abhorrent terrorist attack by Hamas on the Jewish people in the Israeli state, it was a crime against our common humanity and it must be condemned unequivocally. And right across this chamber, we all need to be very, very conscious that history will judge us on our response, not just to these abhorrent attacks, but to the humanitarian crisis, which is undoubtedly unfolding in Gaza. Let us not be on the wrong side of history. Yeah. I it was very poignant, Stephen's speech. Yeah. I thought it was very like emotive and measured. I know like evaluating a politician's speaking style is redundant, but I thought it was, I thought it was very good speech. And you speaking without notes as well. That was very impressive. They always say that about mm. good politicians, or politicians rather. It was impressive you spoke without notes, but I thought it was, it was measured and it, it, it was a refreshingly nuanced debate, especially given kind of the rhetoric between the parties recently, it's kind of heated up, like Sunak didn't name something he liked about Starmer, but they see it's quite you know, refreshing that they have not taken this as an opportunity to beat each other with, mm. which yeah. in situations like this is more <coughs> sensible. Which is something that it has to be said, I haven't really seen online. It's, um, it's a weird one, right? Like normally we're sat here going... God, I wish the, the quality of the debate in the House of Commons was up to the standard of other people outside mm -hmm. of the chamber. And actually, in this instance, you're kind of seeing a degree of, a small degree of nuance, or at least a greater degree of nuance than you're normally used to. In the way that, watching the online discourse over the last couple of weeks, I don't know for you guys, my feed, I cannot move for what is like basically snuff videos of like people being killed in the Middle mm. East. It is absolutely everywhere. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, everyone is projecting... And, you know, either saying that people are colonizers or that you sympathize with Hamas when it's like, I'm sat here watching this, not as an expert in the region and just going, this is horrifying. Mm -hmm. like, I, I'm utterly appalled by all of the action here. The amount of children that are being killed in this conflict is disgusting. And I, and I, I struggle to, I struggle to actually kind of wrap my head around a lot of the, a lot of the online conversation around this. It is so um, toxic, to be quite honest with you. It's people are... Engaging in bad faith, projecting opinions onto 
their opponents that I don't think their opponents are actually saying, you know, whether it either, either side, whether it's, you know, people who are supporting Israel or people who are supporting the Palestinians. If you're supporting the Palestinians, you're accused of, of being uh, sympathizing with Hamas. And if you're supporting Israel, you're accused of you know, supporting, supporting colonizers and, and apartheid. And it's, it's really, um, it's really dehumanizing, I think. And actually, mm, I, think that, I think that connects to sort of where we are right now. I think that connects to how, for example, you know, Hamas is able to fly over the border and shoot a load of people at a music festival, how the IDF is able to drop bombs into a deep, densely concentrated area is because each side has dehumanized the other. They no longer see them as people. And as a result of that, lots of people are dying and actually l large numbers of children are dying as well. Mm -hmm. I think that that was nicely summed, summed up by Stephen Flynn. He said, crimes against our common humanity must be condemned unequivocally. Common humanity, I mean, that, you know, it was like last week, we were talking about this in a TV studio and there was a conversation about whether you should give aid to Palestine. And it just felt so ridiculous to be sitting in a West London studio, you know, like, you know, saying, well, I don't think that they should be allowed water. I mean, how can you possibly say something like that? How could you possibly deny like a child who is on life support in a hospital in either, either place, mm. you know, a right to live? I just, I just find that extraordinary. But then that is the state of the algorithm, right? So that's what we've almost feels trivial to say algorithm in this context. But what has happened to Twitter is that the, the algorithm is now feeding you content that keeps you, you know, in an enclave, in an echo chamber, and mm -hmm. you are being served content that suits whatever you have previously engaged with. It's radicalizing people, not mm -hmm. just on this. I mean, it, generally... It is radicalizing people in a way that I don't think we've ever seen on social media. I think the content moderation, um, particularly on Twitter, has oh. yeah, left a lot to be deserved. Oh. I mean, the amount of videos I've watched of, you know, well, it's an issue with Ukraine, right? I can, when, when Russia invaded Ukraine, I couldn't move for videos of like Russians being like literally exploded on camera. And, you know, now I'm again watching videos of, you know, Hamas fighters, terrorists getting shot to pieces or, some of the horrific stuff from the kibbutzes or just buildings, you know, exploding, right, in mm. Gaza. And I really don't think, I don't think most people should see those things. No, no way. You know, I don't, uh, far be it from me to tell people what they can and can't watch, right? You know, you, and actually it's one of the reasons why I haven't particularly been, I haven't been using uh, Twitter that much because I don't like seeing those videos. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's good for you to watch stuff like that. Um, but it's everywhere. Yeah, like it's literally everywhere. You can't move. You can't move for it. And I certainly, I think there's a there's a marked difference between pre Musk and post Musk, and the type of, the type of content that's being shared there. Not only in its graphic nature, but also actually in some instances as well the the misinformation. You know, videos that are maybe five or six or seven years old yeah. being posted as you know X has just happened. But then also there's the flip side in which legitimate videos from the conflict are being wrongly discredited. As it's like because the because the, the news verification team. Was I not disbanded at Twitter? Like they they did something about their news coverage internally. They got rid of the a team that. Oh yeah, I knew a girl who was working on that. Oh, really? Yeah, she did get they did get disbanded. So now yeah. they rely on the community notes app, which, believe it or not, can be used in bad faith. Mm. Um, so it's the whole thing is just a mess because because it's the whole conflict is so new as well. Yeah, and I think most sensible people aren't engaging in this like. They're not calling it whataboutery to say it is disgraceful that Jewish school children can't go to school, mm. but it's also disgraceful that young Muslim children can't go to school. Mm -hmm. 
because they're frightened. It is equally, you know, you can say this is disgusting that that is happening in the UK's capital city. Equally. Mm. It's not what about you. There's also as well, it's the assumption that someone does not believe one thing if they express the other. Yeah. yeah. Which is incredibly bad faith. And it's just point scoring. That's why I think it's incredibly, like, it's the point. It's, it's just, I think social media is actually quite bad. <laughs> but like, it's, it's this people posting atrocities committed by either side as like point scoring is mm-hmm. just incredibly bad taste yeah it's also about knowing when to speak and when to not right so mm-hmm. you know if you're not a foreign correspondent you're not there you're not involved in it i think becoming a citizen journalist not verifying any of the content that you're watching but sharing it and not uncritically yes uncritically if you're a leader writer yeah, just but not not looking, not looking for any evidence, not looking for any. You know, CNN spend a hell of a lot of money geolocating mm. every video before they put it online. I think they did actually make a mistake over the weekend, but you know, for the broad, you know, broadly, they do geolocate every video that they've used. Mm. That's the sort of news source you need to be looking at. But then that probably says a lot about what we've done to the media landscape over the past few years. You know, we've um, discredited the establishment so, you know, so much. And they do, they do make mistakes. But that, and you are you do need citizen journalists sometimes, but not some guy who's sitting in his bedroom just aimlessly retweeting. I think how different it was during the Arab Spring ten years ago when Twitter was a genuinely useful resource mm. for news gathering and broadcasting. When it was like a, a timeline of news and tweets, and you could follow informed, interested parties. And they've got like engagement bait, people who are being paid for the content, <clears throat> posting the most shocking videos with absolutely no, and it's like we said before, it's algorithmic now. It's not it's like the Reddit front page or the YouTube search, which isn't a timeline yeah. feature. It just, it's, beca- it's become really crap for, as a journalistic tool. Mm. Yeah, I think it's also, uh, I, I feel like we should, I should make this qualification, but you know, we're, we're sort of talking about what's happening there by the lens of, you know how we're seeing it on Twitter, but mm. that's kind of to the point you just made, right? Like that—that that is the way that we're seeing this conflict play out because none of us are fucking there. Mm. You know what I mean, like I feel like I can only talk about the conversation around it because I'm not there watching what's happening. I'm not an mm-hmm. expert in there in, in what's happening. So yeah. feels feels slightly strange to be talking about it in sort of from a discourse perspective, but I think it's really the only one I can actually speak to with any. Accuracy. Um, nice shout out for Robert Burns during Stephen Flynn's uh, statement. Kind of, kind of. You'd like that, wouldn't you? I thought, did it, was it tweet? Did you think? No, it wasn't. That's being that's that's a bad faith interpretation. Um, no. <laughs> Man's in, inhumanity to man makes countless thousands mourn. Yes. I thought that was no. It's true, but it's, uh, but it's like, you know, it's when like SNP politicians just all wear tartan like all the time. We get it, lads. Unless your name's. <laughs> Uh, Lisa Cameron, in which case you burn your tartan. You burn, you burn your tartan. Yeah. Can I add a, a, a context note? What are they called again? Can, can I add a community note a to live that? Live verification feedback. Yes. Ed, Fresh from the verification desk. Ed Campbell, the golden boy, wore oh, no. tartan to a Westminster correspondence dinner the other week. He looked wonderful. Thank you. But it's just interesting to see you uh, snubbing the tartan now. No, I, my, my point is... You only I, wear tartan when you're glad-handing with a Westminster government. <laughs> I, wore, I wore tartan in an inappropriate... Well, actually, there's no inappropriate context for a tartan. But my point is... So what do you say? I say they wear it a lot. <laughs> and it's kind of cringe. Right. Like, I'm Scottish. I'm Scottish. I'm Scottish. We get Wear it, an guys. Argentina jersey, like everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think, 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 I
but like we get it guys and when people in there's a really funny bit um quite a few msps um you can i think you can you can speak in scots in the scottish parliament like what, what one of the official languages but sometimes they really shoehorn it in and they refer to the um european charter of human rights right as opposed to charter mm. which thought in some ways can be performative uh, and then just a final line on this story. So uh, st stats from the BBC. Um, Israel's military has updated the number of people it believes are being held hostage in Gaza up from 155 to 199. They were kidnapped last week when Hamas gunmen infiltrated Israel and killed over 1,400 people. More than 2,700 people in Gaza have been killed in retaliatory airstrikes by Israel, which is also blocking fuel, water, food and medicinal supplies from entering the territory. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Hamas have denied earlier reports by of a truce to allow some people out of Gaza and aid in via the Rafah crossing with Egypt. Yeah, 150,000 litres of fuel went in, didn't it? Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Get out of my pub! It's the Politics Show Pubcast. Peter Bone has faced some very serious allegations. Does he not? Um, the independent expert panel has reported uh, a complainant who's a member of staff in Mr. Bones' Westminster office and the allegations cover behaviour in 2012 and 2013. Ava, um, you've been going through this report. What are the sort of, what are the key points of it? Well, pretty key point. It was originally reported in 2015. A complaint was made by the complainant's father to uh, Cameron. 2017, that went to May by 2022, the complainant quite, well, quite understandably lost faith in the investigation. Um, and now they finally concluded it in 2023. So that's how many years? Eight years later after the original complaint was made. I'll just re read you out. So also just to preface this by saying Peter Bone has put out a statement and denied all of the allegations. Um, he also, his appeal was listed in the re report where he denied all of them. But I'll just read a couple of them. Allegation number one. Bone verbally belittled, ridiculed, abused, and humiliated the complainant. It gets really bad here. He imposed an unwanted and humiliating ritual on the complainant, namely instructing or physically forcing the complainant to put his hands in his lap when Bone was unhappy with him or his work. Bone repeatedly pressurized the complainant to give him a massage in the office. This was deemed bullying, but not sexual misconduct. Bone indecently exposed himself to the complainant on an overseas trip, initially in the bathroom of the hotel they were sharing, and then in the bedroom. The commissioner concluded this was sexual misconduct. Uh, he then ostracized the complainant on other occasions. 
Yeah, there's this line, right, um, about the exposing himself in the bathroom that they were on a trip to Madrid as part of his role as the co-chair of the all-party parliamentary group on human trafficking. And Bone booked a twin room for both of them, tried to keep the beds together, and on one occasion in the bathroom exposed his genitals close to the complainant's face. This is, um, I mean, it's just all in incredibly grim stuff. Really. Oh, it's grim compounded by the insane amount of time that's taken for the investigation to be completed, which I feel, I feel like you talk about this, one talks about this every few months about an MP doing something absolutely atrocious to members of staff and parliamentary procedure, maybe perhaps not being good enough. It's, it just it must be incredibly disheartening to be a, perhaps a victim or something like this or just, you know, someone in parliament who might be vulnerable and thinking that if something happens to you and you see this process having taken 10 years, mm-hmm. like, what, if you, if you, so if you, if your boss does something to you and you know that the investigation won't be concluded till 2033, would you be, would you bother? Yeah. It's also worth noting that at the time of record, uh, Sunak has not removed the whip. So... He is still a conservative MP mm-hmm. at the moment, um, which is quite extraordinary. Do you think there's a, do the Conservative Party politics play any role in the kind of time that it's taken to get this dealt with? I think you can give Sunak the benefit of the doubt that today he might have been preparing the, uh, the Israel Guard at Gaza. I mean, you know, he's just come off the back of what meeting President Sisi. He's just, you know, he's been up in Jordan. He's been pretty busy, hasn't he? So benefit of the doubt. But... Past performance would indicate that the Conservative Party do tend to obfuscate and take their time on allegations of sexual misconduct. There's a bit in the report, which is quite extraordinary. So the authors of the report, they commented on how extraordinary this was. Peter Bone gave them the impression that under Conservative Party procedure, he would be given the opportunity to cross-examine the victim in their investigation. Bone would? Yeah. Oh, wow. Which is absolutely... Incre- like an incredible exercise. Yeah, that feels like a pretty um, serious failure failure of safeguarding, doesn't it? Yeah. If that, if that was the case. Oh. Yeah. I mean, Pincher was probably the... Um, Pincher was the, the ultimate example of how you do not deal with sexual misconduct. And you'd think you'd look to that and go, do you know, we should probably not replicate that again. It mm-hmm. did actually bring down a government. Yeah. You know, purely on a political PR basis, maybe dealing with your sexual complaints in a timely manner would be quite good. Yeah, but it's incredible that they, they just have this. So the Pinterest stuff would have happened while this investigation was ongoing. A yeah. lot has happened so, 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 so this investigation was ongoing. This colours every single one well, of the... he was even appointed Deputy Leader of the House of Commons while oh. this was ongoing. Deputy Leader of the House of Commons... Oof. The mother of all parliaments. Um, yeah, so the sub-panel has recommended a six-week suspension. Mm. Six weeks. Um, Bone is appealing that sanction as well. He's appealing all of this. He denies all of it, right? Yeah. Some of his statements um, say, as I've maintained throughout these proceedings, none of the misconduct allegations against me ever took place. They are false and untrue claims. They are without foundation. Um, so, yeah, he denies the findings of the report and announced that he's in discussion with his lawyers about taking action. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, this will go to the Commons now and they'll vote on it. Um, 
likely they will well, vote it through. If it's a six-week suspension, then it's a by-election, right? Yeah. It's, what is it? Need a recall? Is it automatic by-election? After 10 days? Well, it'd be, yeah, it'd be likely that he... Um, he I, I would have thought he would have stood down by now anyway. Isn't it... I might, I might be completely making this up. Isn't it... If you're suspended for more than 10 days, then you have to... That's recall. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? I was... I did an interview with um, Chris Bryant over the summer, who until recently was sort of quite closely involved with all of uh, the sort of the standards within um, Parliament. And his sort of view was actually that they do a, I would say, not good enough, but like that they're getting better at dealing with these sorts of things and that you have to kind of trust the process and that eventually they do come to the right decision mm -hmm. uh, and that they just perhaps take longer than necessarily they, they would want to, but that things are moving in the right direction. Um, I also wonder as well if there's, it's a new culture in which these things are deemed unacceptable. Okay. As in like 15 years ago, people talk about, who was it that said they were groped by a MP in 2001? There was a, a female MP, I can't remember who it was. Caroline Noakes, was it, by oh, um, Stanley Johnson? I don't know if that's what I'm referring to. So annoying, I can literally see it in my head. It's an M and an F. Michael Fallon. That's it. Um, but whoever that the female MP was didn't feel they could bring that forward. Mm. And so now it's becoming something in which the gears have suddenly had to click into motion and it's not as maybe a smooth feeling thing as it would be. Mm. I mean, just uh, flat out, it can't take eight years, right? So no. Something has yes, obviously yeah, gone is, wrong, right? Yes, this is, that's extraordinary. Something has obviously gone wrong. Um, so that means another, another bloody by-election. Ruddy hell. I know this is probably like the most... Uh, it's not the most... Uh, it's not the least relevant thing, because obviously the most, the most relevant thing... The most relevant thing is that, you know, hopefully the person involved in this can find... There can be some kind of resolution reached uh, and, you know, find it, get a bit of closure. Mm -hmm. But it possibly means yet another by-election for the Conservative Party. Um, and obviously the makeup of the parliament is quite relevant to our course as a democracy. So mm. being chipped away slowly. Yeah. Piece by piece. Absolutely. Inch by inch. I can't find it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is Ferrier, she was immediate out. Yes. But she had a 90 day suspension. That's very long. Mm. Hmm. Not another one. It's the Politics Show podcast. So that'll be another. Peter Bones in Wellingborough, isn't he? That's, yep. his, that's his constituency. And now we've got Midbeds and Tamworth. Medine and Pinter. Fucking hell. Two icons of late stage Johnsonism. Yeah. They're the... They're two of the Mount Rushmore of Johnsonism. Two of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Absolutely. There were three and four. Sunak. Yeah, Sunak was one. You, I kind of feel like you want Pretty Patel to be one. I, could, I would argue Ben Affalami. What? Okay. Why? <laughs> Resigning on live TV. Oh, yeah, he did do oh, that, yeah, didn't he? he? Did, yeah. TV. Fucking hell, those were heady days. That's, that's, my, that's my Rushmore. Doris, Pincher, Affalami. No, I don't think Bim is representative of that government. No, but as in the, the downfall of Johnsonism. I'm not just... I'm not just blanket defending him now. Sounds like, it. Sounds like it. No, but I don't think I think he's actually very far removed from that. No, but as in, I'm not making I'm not saying Johnson is I mean like 
the fall of Boris Johnson is the point that I'm making. It's you're, so, there. Who, you're ah. saying like who are the main characters? They are the in the mirror. Look, you're getting you're doing physical you're doing physical talking now yeah, as well. Trained actor, you actually are as well, though, aren't you? That's not even a bit true. Performed at the Fringe. I did. One, one man show? No. <laughs> Many men show. <laughs> Just how I like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Many men show. Uh, Many men. Me and my merry men. Mm. Um. Mad that Dory's just hung on, hung on for that long, isn't it? Very funny. So I thought she was trying to time it so that the by-election was the week before the conference. She was just trying to piss everyone off. Yeah, I think she wanted to make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good. Imp- that's a good Dory's impression, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the new candidate's big pledge is that he's going. The Conservative candidate is that he's going to be present and visible. That, those are like <laughs> his two pledges. He's like, guys, I'm actually going to be around here. Uh, I'll be around if you want to chat. They couldn't name anything in mid-beds that um, Doris had done. Apparently she tried to take credit for some um, disabled access ramp that, ramp that they put up in Flittick Station. And I said this to a constituent and they, he was actually like, that was not her. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, what else did you find from your time in Flittick? How was it? It's, um, How was the disabled ramp? Did you use it when you left from the train station? Well, I did actually, but it was only because I got I didn't see the stairs and it's a really long way around. So whoever designed that really actually, you know, people are taking probably an extra 10 minutes to get into that station, as I found. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> they didn't think about the people who can walk yeah. when they designed that disabled access ramp. It's, um, it's woke, isn't it? Absolutely. Woke politics woke gone mad. Woke. It's um, you, the, main, the main area is a proper market town. Mm. It's, it's very, very Tory safe seat area i'd be really surprised well i still am surprised why labor are really fighting for it i think it should be a the lib dems could get in there i think quite naturally you got people there who are socially progressive but fiscally conservative you know you could get on board with the older nick clegg style of lib deming (laughs) (laughs) oh we're not gonna feed the hungry but we like the gays Uh, poll conducted by Servation for the Labour Together Think Tank shows Labour and the Conservatives are tied mm. on 29% and the Lib Dems on 22 Gosh. And then it's what a narrow could, field. Step aside, Ed. <laughs> because what could be, you know, what could happen is if one of them don't step aside is that you basically just cuck each other mm. and the Tories steal the seat. I think that's braver. Well, the, hilariously, that's actually what the local Conservative Association are hoping for. <laughs> They're like, no, keep them fighting. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> There's been a few electoral pacts or like non-official electoral pacts, right, between Labour and the Lib Dems when these by-elections have all come at once. Mm. Yeah, cowards, have a go. You think you should be Prime Minister? But I think a lot of that was linked to funding, right? So now, sorry, is this boring? No, no it's not at all. Really boring. No. Um, no, I'm just listening. Oh. Really? Sorry, is that how I look? Yeah, so really disconcerting. <laughs> Keep going over. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> this time last year, the party was broke, Labour Party, um, and they couldn't fight elections. So even when you looked up to Scotland, they act- the reason that Labour weren't going to take Scotland, quote unquote, was because they couldn't afford to do an election campaign in each constituency. So when it came to Tiverton and Honiton they, and Mid Cheshire, they, it wasn't so much, oh, Lib Dems are going to win there. It was more, we actually cannot afford to do a campaign in both constituencies. So Lib Dems can take that one. And now they're raking in more donations than the Conservative Party. So they're like, oh, boys, strap in. We're going campaigning. <laughs> we can afford leaflets again. It's not just that. It's, you know, you've got to pay for like a hub. Yeah. Um, it, it costs a lot. You know, you've got to put the deposit down. If, you, if you're not even going to That's like 500 that quid, isn't it? Is that all it is? No, it's 5,000, isn't it? 
something else we should absolutely know. <laughs> it's inflation. Think, yeah. It's inflation. Um, <laughs> what is, what do the people of Flitwick think of Nadine Dorries? Well, actually, there wasn't very many people I could find in Flitwick, so I went up the road. To? Well, that's something I should have remembered where I went. Is it Ampt Hill? No, where did I go? Laura, were you there? <laughs> I cannot save you. It was you, Ollie Johnson, I think. Marston. Marston. You went up the road to Marston? Yeah, I saw oh. there was a waitress. I thought that'll do. And what is the usual thing? What did the good people of Marston think of Nadine Doris? Well, actually, a lot of them didn't realise she was the MP or didn't realise <laughs> she was still the MP. Or the few who did know who she was say, was she not the one on I'm a Celebrity? <laughs> to yeah. which I said, yes, great season. Absolutely. Who else was on with Nadine? Uh, I don't know. I thought, okay, I thought you were being earnest about your season. No. Sorry. <laughs> Lembit Opic did I'm a Celeb. Yes, he did. Yes. Matt Hancock. But Lembit Opic, like, like, destroyed his career on that. Well, because it was doing so well before that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the cheeky girl dumped him as a result. That How would be mad devastating, that? wouldn't it? Being dumped by a cheeky girl. Yeah. You, you kind of, no you, longer a cheeky boy. No. <laughs> do you want both? Is that what you want? Like a throuple? Well, I don't know. You're a man. Do I, would I personally like to be in a relationship with both cheeky girls? I asked what I asked. Are they not sisters? Obviously. Are they, are <laughs> I'm they, just a man. I'm a human. <laughs> are they not Puma? sisters? Yeah. The twins, are, aren't they? It's weird. Yeah, it feels a bit... Let's not pretend we haven't all seen the porn boys. <laughs> porn. Oh my god, that reminds me. Of porn? <laughs> <laughs> Someone put on Twitter over the weekend the only night, like in between all of the absolutely awful content, there was mm. just this tweet in the middle glowing, which was the caption was interesting twist on two girls, one cup. And it was like in Zara, like a W had fallen off the signage. So it was like two men, one omen. <laughs> <laughs> I lightly cracked a smile and then went back to the business. You know? <laughs> okay, had enough. <laughs> back in. Bookmark back. that for later. Yeah. To think about it. In a moment of light relief. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Reform think they're going to do well in mid-beds. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Good for them. <laughs> um, Who's gonna, the candidate? We're going to go up there. When is it? The by-election. Did you not speak? Thursday. Yeah. Did you not speak to... In your reform documentary piece, mm -hmm. the guy who, when you said to him, "What's what does reform stand for?" He was and, West Worcestershire. Oh, uh, not mid beds. Okay, he was West Worcestershire. It was such a random seat. It was. I was like, that one. <laughs> yep, that's yeah. ours. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like this super safe blue ribbon, you know. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, we'll take it. That's mine. Yeah, that was that was iconic. Um, I actually felt really bad for him, you know. I felt bad for him as well. Do you know when you're watching an interview take place and it's so cringe-inducing? Yeah. Often when it's on, you know, whether it's in the edit suite or you, when you guys are sending something for review, I often, like, I can't bear to look at, look, I'm like looking down, listening with my headphones <laughs> on because like, I couldn't look at it. Like you could, when you know when you see someone, like the, he just wants the floor to swallow up. Yeah. Open up and swallow him. And so then when someone walked past, he tried to be like, would you like to use the cash machine? Oh, we'll have to move out the way. So, you know, because I'm just doing an interview here. That's sweet um, and earnest until you hear the bit off camera where they look like, they're trying to take your cash away from you just to let you know. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Turned it into a stump speech. Yeah. Did he say that? Yeah, no, true. That, that's like one of their main uh, pledges. Keep cash. Keep cash, yeah. End the cashless society. Have we talked on here about that guy who keeps using that one 
keeps going traveling around trying to spend his 100 pounds gold coin you did mention it yeah <laughs> well i'm not over it only <laughs> but just in general just his vibe he's bought it like this like sovereign oh we did talk about this we talked about five phone coins yeah yeah because technically legal tender but just because it's legal tender doesn't mean they have to accept absolutely it absolutely not yeah that could be a really good vox for us actually what and you just screaming over a five pound coin in various news agents <laughs> All of these people who've got real really shit to worrying about to worry about. <laughs> it's me having a breakdown. I mean, publish it for content. I think that would be your natural story arc. What becoming a cashless society guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you know you progress from you know vox hopping, producing really interesting mid form documentaries on politics show YouTube yeah. channel to then going full send like Rumble, <laughs> Telegram guy. They want to take your fivers away from you. I actually see it more as a I'm live on Facebook. Yeah. Talking about Magna Carta. With one of the selfie stick <laughs> headset. <laughs> people who come up to us and say they really like our YouTube channel. Mm. That vibe. A lot of those people are really nice. You've got like this yeah, ambient light. <laughs> You've got to say that. <laughs> they are. I've, I, for one, enjoy Ed's been away on holiday, decided to come back that he's going to wage war on the audience. <laughs> oh, I've got nothing but content for them. <laughs> <laughs> You've read the YouTube comment. <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. He's burnt by a comment earlier, which said, Ollie, oh, yeah. Ava, and that guy. Yeah, I, <laughs> the other guy. I had, a re- I had a really positive view of them until, until that. I had a nice interaction with, when I was outside the Conservative Party conference, there was a man air-flying, and a lot of these people... Air-flying? Flying. What's air-flying? When did I say air? <laughs> <laughs> I said flying. <laughs> Sorry. I think I might have said air flyering. We've got another record after this, so you're going to have to really get used to me. <laughs> but he was, um, a lot of these people are like anti-abortion campaigners or stuff like that. Stuff you don't really want to interact. My people. Yeah, yeah, you were there. That's where I saw you. That's how we met. <laughs> when I interviewed you at Tory party conference, you must remember. Um, you were uh, dressed up as that fetus. <laughs> but he... Silently praying. He, he said, can I speak then to you? Then arrested. He was like, oh, can I speak to you about what I'm campaigning for? And I was kind of, with some hesitation, like... Always sus. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. But he was c- campaigning to keep uh, drama, music, and art as subjects in school. I thought it was a oh, complete that's surprise. that's earnest, yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. And he was I like, like that. Stopping, MPs were walking by, he was stopping to talk to them about it. The kids need the arts. Yeah, oh. which I agree. I think, I would think that's a sentiment. Why does that make me so upset? Oh, it was just nice. It was like, it's very really earnest. <laughs> You're okay. They didn't cry that. <laughs> Sorry. I love literally like riffing on like the anti-abortion yeah. campaign has been like, yeah, he's suddenly praying and he's been arrested, dickhead. And then you're like, <laughs> and, then, and then you're like, there was a man asking for us to continue teaching drama. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's pretty upset. <laughs> Listen, Ava has genuine tears in her eyes. I hate shit like that. Like he would, he's probably been blind. Oh my, oh my God. God, are you okay? <laughs> Sorry. Did you fail your drama GCSE? What was he what wearing? Was the, what like, was, it what like was he a, wearing? No, but was it like a little three-piece Get ready with me to something? pick it at the Tory party conference. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was wearing like, it was quite like an old manny outfit. I was like, oh God. Like he was wearing like a waterproof jacket. Oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's got a partner. Can you talk about something else? Ava, this will, this what really... was the relevance of the story? Why were you telling her? Oh, Why that? have you done this to her? <laughs> Do you know what he gave me? Widower vibes. What? Widower vibes. I thought it might upset you more. What's that? A widower. Oh, what? Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. 
Sorry. You're also thermal cancer. <laughs> I made that. This is dark. Well, it's great to have you back, Ed. <laughs> Glad you're here. Um, Do you think we should drive in school? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to see Ava this upset, so yeah. No, sorry. This would be a very effective campaign ad for them. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the return of sincerity to Can British you... politics. Ava can't handle it. Shut the fridge. It's the Politics Show podcast. Do you want to talk about SNP conference? Yeah. <laughs> now we'll make him cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's. Good news. Tell me. They've sussed it. What is it? They've worked out how they're going to get Scottish independence. Fucking, I am all ears. <sighs> you won't believe this. It turns out... If they win a majority of the vote at the next Westminster election, yeah. the Scottish government will open negotiations with the UK government about Scottish independence. <laughs> <laughs> they did it. They finally cracked it. I can't believe it. We'll come back to this in a moment. <laughs> I just want to put on a personal note, want to talk to you about this because you, you've been on a bit of a, a journey from wanting to sort of neither enrage or provoke either the Nats or the Unes. Yeah. And now you're full, hard on the paint. You guys are fucking idiots. No, well, but I don't know which, I don't know why. Because it's dumb. Because <laughs> like, it's so insincere. Can we, can we do a role play of yeah. the negotiations? Yeah. You be Humza, I'll be Rishi. Oh, can I be Rishi? <laughs> okay <laughs> you be Hamza why do you want to be Rishi so bad because I've got well you friend. don't yeah. oh okay sorry you've workshopped it you've workshopped yeah, it yeah okay come in Mr Prime Minister ah uh, Hamza <laughs> he doesn't call him First Minister he calls him Hamza yeah yeah keeps him in place um, yeah. you will have seen the election results oh yeah yeah that's why I'm moving out <laughs> <laughs> oh so you, you should be Keir Starmer in this sorry Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Hamza, sorry. <laughs> Sakir, thank you for letting me wait for you in your office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to speak to you about uh, the mandate I have received from the Scottish people. What? The mandate I have received from the Scottish people. Oh, oh yeah. I would like to open negotiations for Scottish independence with you. No. Please. That'll be all. <laughs> Goodbye. Scene. <laughs> That's why we need drama in schools. <laughs> That's good. I thought you were quite good. What, were you, you. what did you write down? Hey, I just wrote like squiggles. squiggles. He was trying to convey that Lacking. he was a busy man. Yeah, yeah. I got it. It was, yeah. A subtext. Mm. Did you mm -hmm. study drama? I did. So I need to study drama. No, That's I, think, I thought you were excellent as well. Thank you, Ed. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I thought you did a very impressive Scottish accent. That would have, that would have, if, if that, if your previous remarks didn't piss off the Nats enough, <laughs> me, <laughs> me putting an accent on would certainly do it, I think. But I, th I wonder if it actually would piss off Nats, because Nats aren't automatically in favour of Hamza Yusuf, the SNP, yeah. the SNP's vehicle towards independence. I imagine, quite, I think there's quite a few um, nationalist activists or campaigners for independence, that would be quite frustrated with this kind of short-termism. Short I wonder if they would think 
they should be looking more long term because I'm building towards a more sustained campaign. Reset the ground entirely. You can't rely on the goodwill of Nicola Sturgeon anymore. You have to have build, and it's not like Hamza Yusuf is an inspiring gradualists versus incrementalist. No, that's the same thing. That's the same thing. <laughs> the two schools of thought. Yes, I'm yeah. more of an incrementalist than a gradualist, personally. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it must be. I don't know what what is the long term strategy. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, but I think that's what, I think there isn't one. Yeah. I, I, th I think it's oh no, the next election will be that's the one. Well. How? Is it is it to just play for time until it really has been a once in a generation vote and then they can keep doing all this shit again? Yeah, like, it was twenty years ago now, so we're going to go again. Yeah, but I think that's if that's a more honest conversation, and I think that's one that maybe the UK would be more willing to have. Well, they're a bit burnt, aren't they, after that recent by election? But I mean, they were getting out Ferrier. You know, she was. What kind of person takes COVID up on a train? You know, mm. people in that constituency were rightly pissed because this wasn't even at the end of it this no, we weren't even mid. like you know second third wave we weren't <laughs> even at omicron yet you know we were on full alpha alpha coronavirus mm -hmm. and she took that sweet that's not what leveling up meant hun we didn't mean take the london disease <laughs> <laughs> up to, <laughs> up there and give it to everyone was it all the other way around i thought you came to parliament no didn't she discover she had it she tested positive when she was down here and she got the train up sorry you're right yeah, yeah. in place 10 days in a hotel or whatever I know, oh, 10 days in a state-sanctioned hotel. <laughs> the taxpayer, we're going to pay for it and everything. It's like bloody prison. Yeah. That's what, she's, that's what she would have said. I'm surprised she didn't, actually. I think you should be arrested over something like that because that's chemical warfare. Was she not? I think she was the police were involved. Yeah, but she didn't go to prison, did she? Well, no, I don't think she should go to prison. That's presumably because they're all full, aren't they, now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was the issue. <laughs> you have to kick out, like, you know... What's that guy who keeps beating up everyone? You'd have to kick Johnson. out Charles Bronson. We've got to make a space for Margaret Ferrier. <laughs> I'd rather deport Ferrier than Bronson. Oh, yeah, Bronson's a national He's, treasure. I was literally the, took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm glad I said it. I'd rather you had him on the podcast. He could be... There's an open invite to Charles Bronson. <laughs> if really he wants to be on the podcast. Have you, have you watched the film? No, I'm not. The Tom Hardy one? Yeah. No. Um, there is a scene. I think this is... Uh, um, um, this is Bronson, right? Where he, he covers himself in butter. That's him. Yeah. He strips naked, lubes himself up top to bottom with butter in order to fight the guards so that they can't grab a hold of him. That's sick. Would you like to recreate that with him here? I wouldn't want to take it on until I've taken some drama lessons. <laughs> <laughs> there wouldn't be acting. It'd be full, like, actual... Well, no, obviously I do that. I do it for fun at the weekends, but you know, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> Butter club. He went in for the most nothing charge at the beginning as well, didn't he? Oh, wasn't it armed robbery? Yeah, fucking nothing. <laughs> I, I said what I said. <laughs> yeah, no, but it wasn't uh, a lifetime sentence though. And yeah. he stayed in because he keeps battering people. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. That's what I mean. It wasn't like you know. <laughs> I like prison. <laughs> How can I stay? Didn't he get his heart broken or something like that? I think he had um, some external interest in the way that most a lot of high-profile prisoners do. You know, they get sort of there's a, there's a term for those wives. I can't remember what they're called. Oh, prison wives, I think they're called. Could have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know what they're. The later. No, no, honestly, I think yeah. they are. No, the later rating services and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, you do often read about that, don't you? About the women who get obsessed with. Uh, there's like one girl who went over to the states, didn't she, to marry someone who was on death row, and you think, you know. Prevent isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> is that a prevent issue? 
Well, she's been radicalised, hasn't she? But not to like... Went to believing that she could love a serial killer who's on death row. I don't think that's the same as committing an act of terrorism. I think you'd think differently if you were the brother of the person who'd been murdered by that man. I'm just offering a perspective, Ed. Okay, I think it's... I'm going to discard it. Do we do, <laughs> do, we do conjugal visits here in this country? I don't know. Is that where they can have sex? Yeah, yeah. They, have, like, they like go to a room with a bed in it. I don't know. They do that in the States, that's for sure. In interesting videos. <laughs> we're just pivoting. We're, we're now a porn house. We're a porn content factory. every prisoner in Belmont. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I learned about prison reform. <laughs> we should get, you know, one of those tombola machines that's like random auto-generates Paul Joe YouTube headlines. Yeah. Because that would be one. That would be a good one. <laughs> that would be a good one. That's something like Dutch Vice would publish. Yeah, not not now. Not that the Saudis are involved. No, they're not. They're not for that sort of thing anymore. No. <laughs> Do you not think? Gay sex? No. Well, oh, you want? That's what you wanted. Uh, so if I'm having sex with the population of Belmont, you, you don't should... want the, the 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 women's wing. I think the I think the optics of that are worse. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they, I don't, that's interesting, isn't it? Because there's a power imbalance both in both situations. I'd say in both situations, you are the one with the least power. I don't care who they are. Your soft liberal hands, your content man hands, are going to places you don't want them to. I mean, nah. Just imagine day three would be hard. What, how would you introduce you know, him walking in? You know how he does in the morning where he sits down and he goes, hello. <laughs> <laughs> You're walking into a cell. Hello. hello. Ed. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> 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 oh, give me a minute. <laughs> ah, you've got tellies in here. <laughs> Anytime you're ready, son. <laughs> Quite romantic, maybe. I read in a book, you know, someone covers themselves in butter. I thought I would... Uh... I brought the love pack. Where is it? God, that would that, that Bronson thing would be so expensive to do now, wouldn't it? What, the butter? You see the price of love pack? <laughs> He's a big man. He is. Friends of the craze? I wouldn't know. He claims to be, I think. No, I think he's actually friends with another gang, but look, I've, I've read. Mm. I don't know any craze but yeah he's more of a rich than man shall we um shall we wrap it up yeah yeah enough obscene role play <laughs> one week what was more explicit you um you fucking me as Keir Starmer <laughs> in the in the, <laughs> in the independence negotiations yeah, yeah. or <laughs> your thought experiment about what would happen to you on day three of jacking <laughs> your way through Belmarsh prison in, let us know in the comments what was in worst taste I can't there are going to be some absolutely you know what's going to happen in the subreddit now it was prisoner you, you know prisoner what's 69 Ed's prisoner's dilemma <laughs> for most people it's a zero sum game theory <laughs> for you it's how many blokes you can make your way through in a day specifically prisoners in Belmont how many do you think you get through in a day presumably your power bottoming I guess it depends what they want Oh, you're not a top? I have never had sex with a man, so I don't know. Can't Only one way to find out. <laughs> 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 Obviously. 
<laughs> you can't say he's got range. He's got range, is not he? Who? Me. You, yeah. Yeah, it's taking a turn. What about the fuck tree from that fence article? I haven't read it yet. Yeah, why not? Let's plug that. Great, great new edition of the fence. Sex and nature edition. I've enjoyed it. I haven't finished it yet. Only a couple of articles in, but the first piece is about the fuck tree. And we're going there for a live podcast. That's not a comment we can make. What other trees would you like us to talk about? <laughs> the Sycamore Gap. I had knew you, you. Had you heard of that tree? I before knew you'd that? have a take like this. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> I'd never heard of that tree before. You must have seen the photo. Never. There must be some Not tree in Scotland Fucking that you open care your about. eyes. <laughs> Get some culture. I've got plenty of culture. Yeah, we wouldn't come up and rip down Holyrood. <laughs> <laughs> What's more important? The Scottish Parliament or one tree? Yeah, one but- tree. There's your answer. Day one. This is how we will negotiate. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very actually. And then we're going to... We're going to tear down Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you liked your devolution, didn't you? You should have appreciated it while you had it. <laughs> and we're going to rebuild the tree. No, why don't you... Why are you so angry about this? I just, just literally... Never, it was... Everyone was... Oh, I found... I didn't believe the level of outpour about it. I don't believe Eddie Howe cared about it. You don't care? Eddie Howe, the Newcastle manager, was... Sorry, you knew that as a football fan. He was asked to comment on the tree and he was like oh yeah it's sad as he just learned what the fucking tree was and had to comment as can't you just appreciate objectively that it's a bit nasty that a few kids went and ripped down something that was so important to the ramblers i guess yeah but i didn't think it merited the level of news coverage well you cared a lot about that billionaire who wanted to shut down half of dartmoor because and then the ramblers wouldn't be able to ramble through the fields. that's about uh, your rights as an Englishman. How is that not the same as the tree? Because it's, you've, what is that? It's a tree. It is my God-given right, my God-given succulent right, as an Englishman, uh-huh. to enjoy an ancient sycamore. Mm-hmm. Sycamore manifest. You have a right to do that. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Well, but you, have you read Magna Carta? Yes, several times. I haven't read Do you know what we could do a live podcast from? You know where? The island. You no, know, you know the Magna Carta. <laughs> Magna Carta. Yeah, but maybe I'm not thinking... No, where they've got the chairs. It's, in, it's like outside West London, like near Surrey, that kind of way. The island? There's like, they made him sign it on an island. Really? The barons, they rode King John out to an island. Maybe it's not the Magna Carta. No, it is the Magna Carta. Someone who talks about Magna Carta a lot on Facebook Live is sure <laughs> as shit don't know very much about God, it. God, no way. Someone talking about Magna Carta on Facebook doesn't know the first thing about it. Where they were all around them chairs at a table when they talked about it. Are you talking it? about King Arthur? Nah. That is rude. I'm not, I'm not sure she wasn't. No, it's somewhere out in southwest London, I'm Seriously, sure about it. Seriously, you, 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 you have a problem with the enjoyment of the tree? I have a problem with... I was sceptical about the level of outrage about a tree that I'd never heard of before. What do you want us to get angry about instead, then? Um, if there was... The erosion of civil liberties in the UK? Yeah, Windsor. Windsor. There's a Magna Carta Park. But they've, they've built um, a statue that's all these stone chairs, right? Stone chairs to represent where they sat down and discussed the Magna Carta. Hear me out. We all get round that table. Live podcast. Me, you, the filth. <laughs> <laughs> Hamza <laughs> Youssef. That's all we need. 
When you say the filth, do you mean the police or do you mean him? <laughs> he is the police. Uh, and the, I think he's the we, tree police. Are we changing your nickname to the what? filth? <laughs> I don't love. Uh, quite different. It's like the, that's our um, urban Welsh book, isn't it? Filth. Quite like it then. Okay. Go into that. The stage name. You have a stage name, Molly? Sorry, um, it's Slug Daddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't know if you heard that. Did you hear that on the recent episode? No, that was good. Yeah. Um, if there was, like, let's say, a 600-year-old elephant that right. had grown enormous ears and tusks and someone just went out and shot <laughs> it one day, would that bother you? Yeah, it'd be sad. But if it'd been an elephant I'd never heard of before... I mean, oh, that's sad. But you, 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 know, you know that it's like been, photo, been photographed a lot. It's like iconic. Mm. It's, I think it may have what, even won like a photo of the year type competition once. <laughs> Maybe more than Sorry, once. Sorry, the tree didn't win that. No, well, the photographer did. did. Yeah. But you can take nice photos of other things. I think you're being facetious. I think you're being facetious with your level of support for the sycamore tree. I've not seen that stupid Robin Hood film either. Stupid Robert, you're, you're on one today. I don't think you're yourself. What was that, Are you what was that reference? What did that mean? So people kept being like, the film was prominently featured in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah, but that would be like if you went down and chopped down the 100 Acre Woods. It'd be quite upsetting, wouldn't it? Is that real? No. Yes. 100 Acre Woods? Yeah. Oh. That's the thing about ancient woodland, they're not making any more of it. Aren't making any more of it. You would have chopped that tree down <laughs> to build HS2. What the hell is this about? <laughs> I don't know. I feel, I feel attacked. I don't know. I, th- I think the. What about an extremely large tuna? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> back, back. This is what they're here for. <laughs> go back to the fail safes. I feel like we've come very close to ending this episode several times. Yeah. Just, like, I think we should lurch away for it. Take, yeah, I think we should take in one of those opportunities, yeah. Cut it there. Uh, thanks very much. See you on the next episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.